the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Pat Vitucci says, don't invest and forget. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Consumer price index up a near record 11.3% from a year ago this June, but some consumers seem unfazed as retail sales were higher than analysts expected. Still, higher interest rates are cooling mortgage demands down last week 19% over the same week in 2021. Welcome once again to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host is 30-plus year financial manager, author, and the principal of Vitucci and Associates, Pat Vitucci, along today with our own Don't Invest and Forget man on the street, Charlie Cohen, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, certainly mixed signals coming out of the analyst offices and certainly out of Wall Street these days. We know, of course, the markets have really struggled to gain any momentum largely this year. And that, of course, has impacted both the Dow and the NASDAQ. And much of this dealing with inflation, the supply chain issues, these sort of ongoing fallout the world is experiencing related to COVID, with the attempt of the Fed to try and cool inflation by raising interest rates, certainly a chilling effect on housing markets. But in other arenas, there seems to be more momentum in this economy that's got to be making some investors scratching their heads. It's kind of classic when you're bouncing around what I think is close to the bottom, you're going to get a lot of conflicting stories and a lot of head fakes, as we call them. Is this the beginning of something? Uh, earlier this week, the Dow Jones was up 754 points. Of course, the next day we gave back 100 points or so. So it's kind of hurry up and wait. It's difficult to see any pattern or a trend in either direction. Certainly, the Dow has been steadily going up for the last two or three weeks. It's up about 5% almost from the low the NASDAQ is still down 20 plus percent and the Dow is down around 10 percent. So it's been recovering a little bit. The low on the Dow was 31,768. The high was 35,768. So we've got some mini minor pattern of upward 
mobility on the Dow and even the NASDAQ to a certain degree has been um, improving a little bit. But with wholesale prices up 11.3%, as you mentioned in the opening comment, that is a real detriment to the average guy on the street. If you've gone out to dinner, if you've gone to Safeway, you know the prices of food and restaurant bills are extraordinary. And at the food store, we have what's called shrinkflation. Your box of Cheerios was 12 ounces, and now it's 10 ounces for the same price. And so food manufacturers are trying to ease into the new world and say, okay, maybe we can't raise prices on that box of Cheerios a quarter. Let's just shrink the box and maybe some people won't notice. But the price per ounce obviously has gone up a lot. So we're seeing this shrinkflation. You know, the uh, cereal is a real good example of that. I don't know. In my cupboard, I've got like seven different cereals. And you've got large, you've got extra large, you've got family size. And you're still you eating. you got super size. And you're still eating those Cocoa Puffs? No, I have, I, I rotate around. <laughs> but uh, but you're, you're right. You, you One will say large size is 10.6 ounces. One will say large size and it's 12.4 ounces. So you just you just don't know. For the average person looking at their 401k, for example, what's more important to them, the Dow or the NASDAQ? Well, depending on your appetite for risk, you may have some positions that are components of the Dow, and you may have some components of your portfolio in the NASDAQ. And the NASDAQ is largely growth, high-tech, biotech kinds of companies. When they first have their IPO, their initial public offering, historically start out in the NASDAQ if you're a high-tech or biotech or heavy growth. That's where you're going to present your IPO. And you may migrate many years later to the Dow, as many companies have. So depending on how aggressive your portfolio is set up, you probably have a blend of pieces of both of those collections of, of stocks. And so if you don't invest and forget and you vacillate, that's okay too. You, you've moved from one industry sector to another industry sector because the different industry sectors will be more participative given the current climate of investing. And so that's kind of where most people end up, a little bit of blend of both. But when you've got wholesale prices going up, you've got to really examine what industries you're in. And sadly, most people are very busy. They're professionals or they're they're busy in their home life and they're taking care of kids, maybe looking after mom and dad and they're working overtime and when you come home at seven o'clock at night and have dinner and you open up your prospectus at eight thirty or nine o'clock and I'm gonna read this prospectus to see what we're invested in, probably is not in the cards in terms of what you're gonna do with any regularity and you say, Okay, I'm gonna put it on the dining room table and this weekend, honey, we're gonna sit down and really drill down and see what we're holding. And then of course it's a beautiful weekend and that you wanna take the kids here or there. And it gets postponed again. And so we've chatted about don't invest and forget for what, 30 years now, Craig. And it's a, it kind of drives the point home that it's hard to read those prospectuses. It's sometimes it's written in Chinese and you got to be a CPA, MBA, PhD to figure out what a debenture is and how does that affect the balance sheet of these companies and what is the real profitability if you read between the lines, guess who's the best 
reader of financial statements, Warren Buffett, right? He can sift through all the BS and knows exactly the patterns of a company as he tracks a stock for the last one, three, five, ten years, and he wakes up and buys half the company because he sees some opportunity in the financials because he's really good at reading financials. And the average listener today is um, probably not excited about that much. Yeah, that's where I think the disconnect is. And people say, okay, I'm just going to buy a Vanguard fund. Well, which one? There's a hundred Vanguard funds, you know, and Vanguard's a great money manager. They have really low internal costs, but they don't call you and say, hey, Bob, hey, Charlie, hey, Craig, move from small cap to large cap. That's not their job. It's your job to figure out, okay, I got to move to a different sector because we're at a pivot point and the economy is starting turns. And so a lot of moving parts, a lot of headwinds. Clear example, Russia this week announced they're going to resupply natural gas to Europe. They were threatening to to freeze this winter. It's going to be 15% less than normal, but at least Europe has at least a temporary reprieve. So how does that affect the economy in Europe? I mean, there's just classic fundamental things that happen that are going to have profound effect on the European economy. What's our energy situation? I filled my tank up a month ago. It was $7.20 a gallon. Yesterday, it was $6.20 a gallon. So I I thought I was getting a bargain. Is it like a Macy's White Flower Day sale at my Shell station? Am I getting used to $6.20 a gallon? Give me a break. It was $3.20 just not too far back. When I was a little guy, I used to watch my dad go in. He'd go in and he'd buy $2 worth of gas. Well, you can't even you can't even blink and you'll get two dollars worth of gas. But uh, those days are gone, where where the people were lined up for gas for twenty and thirty cents a gallon. I mean, that seems so bizarre these days. That I I was broke in college, as most of us were. I get a dollar's worth. It yeah. was it was like twenty nine cents. I get three gallons plus, <laughs> and it was good for me for for a while. My little Volkswagen Beetle has got. Pretty good gas mileage. and uh, So I'm curious, in those days, did you just walk right up to the dinosaur and squeeze it, or how did you go about it? I did. Well, it was, <laughs> I don't want to share all my youth yeah. secrets, but. It's a look at history and, of course, the events on Wall Street and their impact on your financial life. Pat, I do have a question that I think really goes to the heart of what you and Charlie are discussing, and that is some investors, as they're trying to kind of manage their way through all of this, there might be a sense of fear and trepidation over opening their monthly statements for their 401k or their IRA. And I guess the question on the minds of a lot of us these days is, is there a sense that we've hit bottom right now? Has this finally kind of gotten itself out of its system, so to speak, that we begin to see some recovery? Or do you think we're going to be hovering in this kind of strange, up and down, volatile space for some time to come yet? I'm really of the belief we're bouncing around the bottom. And, and for those of our listeners who don't need the money in the next year, two or three or four, this might be a good time to jump in to the equity markets. Having said that, there are surprise headwinds that come pretty quickly. You know, we've got President Biden announcing he's got COVID. We wish him well, certainly. We've got a whole collection of things that could go wrong real quickly. Europe is a tinderbox, whole Ukraine war. We've got China threatening Pelosi, do not come visit Taiwan, or there'll be serious consequences. There's some pretty 
tinderbox elements out there that could affect the markets in a nanosecond. Not even to speak of around the corner is the fall and we go back into a pandemic, high COVID rates. That could affect the markets in a dramatic way. Jerome Powell is going to probably raise rates again at his next meeting. Either half, three quarters, some banking financial companies are saying it's going to go up 1%. That would be a big jump. So, you know, we, we, we've talked about mortgage applications dropping and the housing industry going to a 22-year low, higher interest rates and inflation crushing home buyers. There's a significant amount of headwinds. And then to top it off, we've got a midterm election around the corner. Frankly, I think if, if the Republicans take over one or both houses of Congress, I think Wall Street will like that. They like gridlock. Nothing will get passed. A lot of great speeches, a lot of blabbering, but nothing will get passed. Wall Street loves that. Let the free open capital markets do its thing and, and stop interfering with this great system we've had for a couple hundred years that has been the envy of the world. So I think the midterm elections is another big issue that's literally around the corner. And then, of course, we're into the presidential campaign after that. And will Trump run again? Will DeSantis be the guy? Will Hillary come out of the retirement? Lots of interesting uh, things that we know politics affects Wall Street in a big, big way. Hey, the good news for those of you on Social Security, we're going to get the biggest increase probably in the history of mankind if the numbers don't slide in the next several months here. With wholesale prices up 11.3%, we could get 9%, 10% increase in our, in our Social Security checks. And so is that good news? Probably not because the price of bread and, and milk is uh, certainly higher than what the increase we're going to get anyway. More debt for the U.S. government, you know, the $31 trillion is with higher interest rates. That line item just to pay the debt is a pretty frightening number. It's um, of all the things on the planet, the $31 trillion of debt, higher than our GDP. It's only happened twice in our history, once in World War II and now. Don't want to have those debt levels. Meanwhile, China and Middle East and other prolific, strong economies have little to no debt. So how long can this country survive with debt levels higher than our gross domestic product? That's a, a scary trend. And, and, you know, our friends in Washington and Sacramento love to spend, spend, spend. But paying down that debt is not sexy. You don't get votes from your constituents paying down debt. They want more, more social programs, more buildings, more parking lots, more baseball fields, more of everything. Uh, that's why we set you to politics. And so, but, but Pat, I'm wondering, isn't that emblematic of sort of the, the overall national psyche on this topic? I mean, as much as we all agree from a fiscal policy standpoint, addressing the enormous debt is something that politicians and lawmakers should be doing. That said, you look at their constituents who are up to debt with credit cards, with home mortgages and school loans. And there's probably a just scant few percentage of Americans that can say, yep, I don't owe anybody anything. The bills come in, I pay them, and I'm good. So I, I would wonder if maybe part of this is just we as a culture just somehow have convinced ourselves borrowing on future generations so we can live comfortably today just kind of seems to be our mojo, our sweet spot. Unfortunately, you're absolutely right. Lulled ourselves into thinking 
we're more affluent than we really are. We're borrowing from our grandchildren and children's bank accounts to pay for this lifestyle that is the envy of the world. But when you drill down and look at the reality of it is it's, it's really frightening. I don't see us happily getting out of this scenario easily. 31 trillion bucks is a lot of money. We're not going to turn the ship around in one presidential election. It's going to take decades and decades to right this ship and, and have a healthy environment for our future. You know, when interest rates are 1% or less like they were just six months ago, and now they're hovering around five or so, that interest payment on that debt is can bankrupt our country. And I it just there's just not a lot of attention on it. I'm probably sounding old-fashioned and way too conservative, uh, which is probably what I am. But I don't know. It just the music's going to stop one of these days, and there's not enough chairs to sit down, and our country just might fall flat on its face. And uh, how do you resurrect this great thing we've got going without without asking China to bail us out or the Middle East to bail us out without big repayment or consequences? It's just a lot easier to find ways to spend money on things than it is to just say, no, well, let's uh, throw a couple trillion dollars in here just like, and lower the, lower the... Just like you or I, hey, let's go, yeah. to, let's go to Hawaii. Yeah, we'll put it on our Visa card. Yep. Let's get a new car. Well, I qualify. What the heck? So we do it, uh, as you point out, Craig, on the family level. And so... It's just the numbers are just so staggeringly big at the federal level that it's completely out of control. And certainly trying to wrap our mind around $31, 32000000000000 trillion in federal debt is difficult enough alone. And yet here we are trying to struggle and figure out how to manage our way through to paying for a child's education, setting sufficient money aside for retirement, trying to ascertain what that number even looks like. Well, that's why Don't Invest and Forget is here to help. And as our conversation continues, we're going to unpack more of these issues to help you gain better insight into your financial life. If some of these issues related to trying to understand market trends and direction, what's best for you in relationship to your long-term plans for retirement, maybe you'd like to get a second opinion. Why not take advantage of a complimentary financial health and retirement plan review available to you in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates or by telephone or via the Internet. There's no cost or obligation. And in about an hour of your time, you can gain a better understanding as to where you are today, where you need to be to achieve your goals, and some recommendations along the way. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review, just go online to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to a number of great resources available to you, you'll also be able to schedule your appointment online. Conversely, you can call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE to schedule your appointment. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. A brief timeout back with more as Don't Invest and Forget continues. Pat Fittucci says, Don't Invest and Forget. Welcome back. I'm Pat Vitucci. My special guest today is Lynn Schreiber. Lynn is a group called Revolutionize Retirement. She's a speaker and a certified retirement coach with a dream to revolutionize the entire concept of retirement, one boomer at a time. Lynn, welcome to the show. 
Pat. I'm glad to be here. Lynn, you've got a very ambitious goal there is to revolutionize the entire concept of retirement. What is Thank a certified you. retirement coach? Certified retirement coach is someone who is, who is a, already a life coach. So I'm a certified life coach, and I went for additional training to be trained to administer something called the Retirement Success Profile, which is a quite extensive planning tool. And it really helps get a, the big picture of where they are today and what their views are about retirement and what areas, aspects of their lives might need some buffing up in order to make a smooth transition into what's next for them. So this is a new invention. I mean, my parents did not have a, a retirement coach. My this... parents didn't have a retirement coach either, and they probably could have used one. You know, I call myself a retirement revolutionary, and there's very good reason for that. When I started to look ahead in my early 50s to, you know, what was coming, which was that thing called retirement at that arbitrary age called 65, I just didn't want to go there. And I couldn't really understand why until I really took a look back at my role models. And my role models were, one, my father, who worked hard his entire life, and he had huge dreams about what he was going to accomplish and where he was going to go and things he was going to do when he retired at the age of 65. Only at the age of 63, he developed acute lymphocytic leukemia, and from the time he was diagnosed to the time he passed was 10 days, gone. All of those dreams went with him. So it was like, okay, well, the lesson there is <laughs> live today. Don't wait for some arbitrary age to start living your dream, doing what you really want to do. And then my mom went to work after my father died uh, for the federal government, and she could not wait to get out of there, to retire. So she took early retirement at 62. And she, I guess, had sort of that traditional model of, oh, gosh, Gwen, you've worked hard all of your life. You should now rest and play, you know, have a good time. But she didn't really have a plan for how she wanted to live her life. God bless her. She just passed earlier this year at the age of 85. And for 23 years, I watched her really so slowly kind of contract from life. And I've seen it with clients. I have a client who was vibrant and brilliant and retired and seven years into retirement, was sleeping most of the time, was napping most of the time. So it's really important to have not just your financial plan, but a life plan, a lifestyle plan. Most of us work so hard. My vision of retirement is taking a nap every day. A short nap is good. I have a lot of clients who are burnt out by the time they leave their current work life. And absolutely, take time, rejuvenate, do whatever. But it's important to have that be temporary and to really look ahead to how do you really want to be spending your time? So is this therapy, Lynn? Is there a fine line here between therapy and coaching? I don't think there's a fine line. I think there's a very distinct line for me and many therapists. So any therapist listening, please, I don't want to get cards and letters. But just a very simple distinction between therapy and coaching is that therapy often deals with the past something that's happened in the past and how do you examine it and then heal it so that you can move forward in your life. And coaching really doesn't deal with that. What we're concerned about is where are you right today in your life? Where do you want to be? How big is that gap? And what needs to happen in order to close that gap, in order for you to actually achieve and move to where you want to go? So if I have a therapist, my fellow employees may snicker, but if I have a retirement coach, I may be really pretty cool. You are cool if you have a coach. Lynn, in your material, you say money is not the most important requirement for a thriving retirement. Money is not what is. Well, I want to be really clear because I don't want to get cards and letters about this one either from financial planners and advisors. Money is very important. Equally important is that it's vital, crucial that you have a purpose. If you're leaving your work life particularly, if you leave your work life behind and you're moving into this great big 
black hole, as I've had a lot of male clients say to me, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm facing the big black hole. It's vital that you create a purpose that will really pull you out of bed in the morning. Do males kind of define themselves as what we do? And I suspect females are getting into this issue as well, because females have had obviously wonderful careers for the last many, many years. And then when we stop working, we figure out if we're not this job title person anymore, what are we? What value do we have? Is there like a mental crisis that sets in? There's definitely a mental crisis. And I think it was very true in our parents' days that you know, the men hit the brick wall. You know, they felt like their lives were over when they stopped working. And for many of them, their lives were over because they didn't know what else to do with themselves. But what I find with boomers, because so many of us women have had thriving careers over the years, that when I made the transition from my current work life into what I call my first retirement, which is what I'm doing now, I was stunned that when I stopped working, how much of my identity was tied up in. I could no longer say, I'm a television producer. I couldn't do that anymore. It was like, oh, no, who am I if I'm not a television? So part of my journey, and I think it's very important for people to really take the journey to discover who you are, because this next stage of life, whether you're continuing to work or working in a different form or volunteering or doing whatever, it's the perfect opportunity to really grow who you are and have it be about being instead of about doing, which is so much of what our culture is about, especially up to this point in our lives. Sadly, we hear so many people who are counting the days down to retirement like this. There's some panacea. We're sailing on the ocean and running on the beach every day and playing golf and playing tennis. And then we get this abrupt rude awakening. It's not that at all. And we really need something else to fulfill ourselves. Yeah, well, it's interesting. There are lots of benefits of work, a lot of them. But there are five that are really important that as you're planning what's next for you after you leave your current work life, that you bring those along with you. One of them, of course, is remuneration, right? It's money. And that, that is the money part of retirement, which is important. So when you go to work every day, you get a paycheck at some point every week or month or whatever. So it's important to have money coming in so that your needs and your wants are taken care of. But there are also four other benefits of work. One of them is time management. And what we see so often in people who retire without a plan, so people either fall into the big black hole and start sleeping more and more or watching TV more and more and aren't really being productive, or they go the other way and they create nothing but busyness, okay? So, okay, at ni- and this happens a lot in Sun City types places. At 9 o'clock, we play shuffleboard. At 10 o'clock, we play pinochle. At 11 o'clock, we do this. 12 o'clock is lunch, and your whole day is planned, mm-hmm. and every day pretty much looks like the day before, and it looks like you're active and vital, but basically, you're just filling up time. It's a just different way. You're not napping. You're filling it up with busyness. So that's time management. When you work, there's some place you have status, right? Whether you're the CEO of where you work or you're the janitor, there's some place in the greater scheme where you fit. And it's very important when you leave your work to have some place in the community where you fit. Connection, socialization, you're out, you're being with people. You may not like all the people that you work with, but at least you're being, you're, you're socialized every single day of your life. You're connecting with other human beings. And the final one, which I believe if you create this in your life, which I've already spoken about, which is purpose, then the other three items will automatically fall into place. Special guest Lynn Schreiber of Revolutionized Retirement. She's a speaker and a certified retirement coach. Lynn, let's talk about marriage retirement. Is that like gasoline and matches? What? <laughs> Is that a crash course? That is exactly the thing I hear the most often. So the good news is you guys are talking about it 
And that's the biggest thing I see is how many people, how many couples retire or one retires and the other one doesn't or they retire together or shortly thereafter and they've never even had the conversation. And he thinks, oh, goody, we're going to buy an RV and travel around the country. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to stay home and garden and be with the grandchildren. It's a complete disconnect there. So you're halfway there if you've at least opened up the conversation. There's a statistic out there from a survey done for the AARP by Roper ASW uh, in 2004 that 76% of all boomers, 90% of those who are married, expect to spend most of their retirement years living with a partner. And that's great, except none of us knows how long we're going to be here. And how often, you know, have you seen people retire again, the guy or the gal, one of them dies or gets ill within a relatively short period of time. And the other partner who thought they were going to have a partner for most or all of their retirement is sort of at a loss. So when I work with couples, I separate them. I work with them individually first to go through the process of discovering exactly what would bring them joy, exactly how they envision their retirement. And then I bring them together and we start to look at where are the places of overlap and where are the places of disconnect. And it doesn't mean that you have to be connected to the hip, right? You know, I think it's really important that each member of the couple, especially if you have different interests, that you pursue what is important to you and then you find the places where you come together. And as far as your wife not traveling, in my most recent retire retirement boot camp, I had a woman who wanted to write novels and her partner wanted to travel. She wanted to stay home and write and he wanted to travel all the time. And I said to her, it occurs to me that you have a lot of life experience and you're going to write about as much of it as you can, but at a certain point you're going to run out of things to write about. And wouldn't traveling around the world give you new things to write about? She was like, what a great idea. So she's now traveling some of the time, not all of the time, but some of the time. And you can go and travel by yourself sometimes. What you're talking about, it's more of retiring to instead of retiring from. Is that kind of the cultural dynamic shift we're looking at here? Yes, exactly. I think that in the past, we retired from our work, and that was sort of it. We did whatever it was we thought we were supposed to do. That's hard to do, especially if you like your work or if you're afraid of what's next. It's really hard to move out of something. It's much easier and much more fun to move towards something that you're looking forward to. It would be a really good idea to figure out what's that next thing that I'm really looking forward to in order to help you move out. The other thing I want to say about retirement, even if you have a plan, sometimes if you're just leaving work stone cold, sometimes people go to four days, three days, two days, they kind of ease themselves out of work which for a lot of people is a good idea if they can arrange it within their workplace. And I encourage clients to plan like some big trip if they like to travel, something that when they leave the work, before they get into what they've planned, they have something that's a nice segue. So I have a client who wanted to immerse herself in the Spanish language. And so she went to Peru for a month, this fabulous trip that she planned, and lived with the family and immersed herself. And it was just a nice transition. She left work one day, a day later she was on the plane going, and then when she came back, she had the beginnings of what she had planned for what was going to be next to her. It wasn't just this, boom, I'm out of work, now what? You mentioned in our last segment lessons you've learned caring for your mom, who sadly passed on last year. Talk to us about some of those experiences. My mom has been ill for a number of years. She had metastasized breast cancer in her spine. 
and it had been arrested for the growth of the cancer had been arrested for about three and a half years. At the end of last year, she started not feeling well, not eating again. The cancer had reactivated. They were trying another hormone treatment. And in March, she fell and broke her hip. And it was discovered that the cancer had literally exploded all over her body. So she spent five weeks in hospice care in our home with me as the primary caregiver. And this was after she spent a year with us four years ago when she first was diagnosed and was very ill, and she actually got healthy and ended up in her own apartment and having a having a life again. When she lived with us for that year, it became very clear to me that the first thing I did was throw out all of my foundation for the day, the things that really support me, my morning routine, because I was so focused on taking care of her. And then three or four years later, when it happened again, only this was now a really finite period of time. We knew she only had weeks to live. I did exactly the same thing. So I'm not sure how I would have done it differently, but particularly if it's going to be long-term care that you're providing, caregiving that you're providing for a loved one, whether it be a spouse or a parent, I recommend that you get help, you get support in creating time for yourself that gives you the strength and fills you up so that you have something to give, so that you're not running on empty. Unless we take care of ourselves, we're no good to the people that we're, we're supposed to be taking care of. Lynn, we have a couple minutes left. You talk about retirement years as the third half of your life. How do you get a third half? It's attitude. Again, none of us knows how long we have. If we've already lived two halves, and if we approach these next years as if we have another half of life, whether it's five years or 50, whatever, it gives us a whole different approach than those mornings that I wake up and go, oh my gosh, the bulk of my life is behind me. And that's kind of a scary place to be. So I really look at, I don't know how much time I have left, and I really want to make the most of every single day, which we should have been doing all along. And, you know, and a lot of us are guilty of not having done. So just approach it like you still have another half of life and go for it. Go for all those things that you've always wanted to do that you haven't been able to do or were afraid to do. Oh my gosh, don't be afraid. Be fearless. My very special guest today, Lynn Schreiber of Revolutionized Retirement. She's a speaker. She's a certified retirement coach with a dream to revolutionize the entire concept of retirement one boomer at a time. When you work, there's some place you have status, right? Whether you're the CEO of where you work or you're the janitor, there's some place in the greater scheme where you fit. And it's very important when you leave your work to have some place in the community where you fit. Connection, socialization, you're out, you're being with people. You may not like all the people that you work with, but at least you're being, you're, you're socialized every single day of your life. You're connecting with other human beings. And the final one, which I believe if you create this in your life, which I've already spoken about, which is purpose, then the other three items will automatically fall into place. If there's any questions, call our toll-free number, one plan wise That's 1-888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. We offer a no-obligation financial health checkup. Call our toll-free number today, one plan wise That's 1-888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Lynn, I very much enjoyed our session today and appreciate it. Thank you, Pat. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit DontInvestAndForget.com. 
Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.